Welcome, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. A little bit later on, we're going to talk about Lady Doritos. Does anyone really need Lady Doritos? Has there been a big hue and cry for Doritos that don't go crunch when you eat them? We'll get to that with my panel. Uh, let's introduce them. A.C. Peterson is here. Hi. If, hi, if you go on uh, Hulu, on any video on demand uh, service, you'll find Dark Harvest. And we're going to talk all about Dark Harvest. Uh, this has something to do with marijuana. Yes. Something to do with legalized marijuana? Illegal. It's sort of at the cusp. It's sort at, of at the end of the prohibition. Right? Uh, We're coming out of now. So, and, and, and you're one of the stars along yes. with uh, Cheech Marin and, yeah. and James Hudson. So yeah. we'll get to that in just a little while. Also here is uh, Kate Fenton. We're going to talk about uh, the Journey 2016, A Living History of the Revitalization of Regent Park. Uh, for people who aren't listening in Toronto, we'll talk about what Regent Park is and, and how it's changed and become, uh, for many years, a part of the city that some people might have avoided, I guess, I don't know, uh, but, uh, uh, but has changed and become this really vibrant slice of city life. So we'll get to that in just a second. Also, Claire McConnell is here from Second City National Touring Company, and you are also a recurring character on the new Star Trek Discovery series. You're a Klingon. Nuk Nech. Do you have to learn how to speak? Uh, I mean, do you just learn the, the, the bits that are in the script, or do you actually... If I gave you something to translate into Klingon, would you be able to do that? Uh, please don't. Okay. <laughs> At this point, I feel like I, I would be a little bit rusty, but when I when, when we were shooting, because when you're doing a script in a different language, you have to understand the entire script. Like, mm -hmm. I can't just know my lines. I have to learn everybody's lines. Otherwise, I won't know if I talk when someone says rach or rach, <laughs> which is a huge difference. And do you know about the language? Uh, it, it was. It, it actually does have verbs and like the whole thing. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's an actual language. Yeah, it's a it's a full on language. The syntax is the exact opposite to English because they wanted it to be as alien as possible, um, and it has some really interesting origins. Part it's partially based on Cree because they wanted it to reflect a disenfranchised race. Um, in space. In space. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get to all that in just a little while. I want to talk about Lady Doritos. Can you believe this? I mean, this is... Is this a real thing? Because I really thought it was a joke when I read it. Nope, it's a real thing. So um, these are uh, from Pepsi, Doritos. Pepsi makes Doritos. Okay. And they're emphasizing things like lower calorie sodas, baked potato chips, that kind of thing. And now they've got uh, Doritos that they're marketing to women. Uh, I'm calling them Lady Doritos because that's what it says on the headline here. Yes. I don't oh, think yeah. they're calling them Lady Doritos, but they don't crunch. <laughs> Jeez. That was uh, a ceiling panel. <laughs> That's what it would normally sound like, and this is what it'll sound like now. Nothing. Oh. Wow. That's what, what the they... joy of that. Isn't yeah. that, I mean, when you eat chips, they are crunchy. That is what they are. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want them to yeah. be crunchy, then eat a potato. <laughs> That'd be a good, a good snack for the movie theater or, or the theater. You know, a nice quiet oh. snack that you can snack on. Won't no, that's a nice the, idea. Uh, yeah. Other people there, the actors on stage. But you know that they will still come in one of those crinkly bags. Crinkly bags. Bags. That's what I'm well, the, the bags don't, though. The bag. they, that, that's part of it, isn't it? What? That the bags are quiet, too? Wow. Oh. Well, you can oh, secretly eat. Oh, so are you, uh, we have two women on the panel here today. <laughs> are both of you, are, are, are both of you, every time you have Doritos, you're going, man, this is so noisy. I uh, hate nope. this. Yeah. No. I shed a single tear. Okay. Yeah. Every time I 
What what do you think about things that are marketed specifically like this? Is this a huge uh, uh, sort of? Is this going to backfire? Do you think? I I think it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Is my instinct. My response is I really believed it was a joke. Like right. the Beaverton wrote an article about how Pepsi was coming out with Lady <laughs> Doritos, and I think the Baroness Von Sketch they have Lady Doritos in one of their sketches. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a, a, a necessary. I'd like to know what the data. Where did the right. data come from to to make us feel like this is necessary? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's a very um, misdirected uh, way of trying to make make women feel safe. Like we're you know, which is an important thing to be doing yeah. in this day and age. But you know, maybe not in that direction. Now there are other things we can do to make women feel safe in the world. Yeah, and why do we have to be polite about eating chips? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. chips are you want to be in sweatpants sitting in front of a TV eating chips. You it know? seems like a like a pre-suffragette thing really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about the pre-suffragette, you know, dainty, so dainty little Exactly, yeah. like and you want to secretly be eating these and not yes. have anybody know. No, the oh, shame. Yeah. So <laughs> weird. <laughs> um AC, do you have kids? I have a daughter, yeah. You have a daughter. Anyone yeah. else? I do. I you, have a son. Kate, you've got a son? Nope. Fair, no kids. I don't have any kids. Uh, but I don't have kids uh, because a long time ago I decided I wasn't going to have kids. But it was, you know, uh, I wasn't uh, planning on, on going childless because of the environment or uh, that I'm terrified about how the world is going to turn out, which apparently a new study is suggesting uh, that uh, people between the ages of 18 and 43 – uh, are deciding not to have kids because they're afraid of the world that they're going to leave for them. And uh, I love this one story, though, that uh, one couple uh, had a child, an unexpected child, and they were terrified about what was going to happen in the future of this child, so they had another one so the child wouldn't have to face it alone. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought that was uh, kind <laughs> of uh, thing. But, you know, is this something you would give a thought to, when, uh, Kate, with your kids? Do you think, you know... Uh, what's going to happen in 30 years? They're going to be wearing hazmat suits in the world? I don't know. I have fleeting thoughts like that sometimes, but they're mostly selfish, where I sort of feel like, I hope I'm not around when when, <laughs> when it all goes down. Um, but I don't. I can't say no. Like right. I think my maternal desires override the biology that works within me, overrides right. any kind of... <laughs> Belief of what the future might be. Yeah, hold. sort of airy uh, yeah. idea of what, no what the idea. world's going to be in 30 years. Yeah. AC, is this something <laughs> you have thought about in any way? Well, look, you know, both my parents lived through Stalin and Hitler, you know, in mm-hmm. the yeah. Second World War. So they had me. And I, uh, I, it's always you take your shot. You know what I mean? You can't live in fear. You yeah. can't live in fear. You look out the window, it's, it's snowy, it's cold out today. I mean, you know, let's make a snowman. Yeah, <laughs> we're a pretty adaptable species yeah. too. Well, I think so. I I, I think so. Um, and Claire, any thoughts? Uh, I've always been intrigued by the idea of adoption. Yeah. Well, see, I always thought that if I was going to have kids, that I would adopt them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because there's a whole lot of kids on in the world yeah. already that need a place yeah. to live. Yeah, exactly. Right? So that's kind of what I mm-hmm. th- had always thought. And as it turns out, uh, unlikely that that's ever going to happen because I'm an old man You're now. really not, not getting... that old. You could still adopt. <laughs> <laughs> the door is not closed. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's for me. It, w- it was adopting, I think. Yeah. No, and I, I don't – I mean – I guess uh, maybe my what is it called? 
Not your biological clock. Your, your, your baby motor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your baby motor. That would work too. Really or- not. Yeah, your biological <laughs> clock. Maybe that hasn't like I love kids and I love when I see them I want I want to like hold them and tell them that they're like wonderful. <laughs> but uh I don't have any desire to like have a little alien in, in my tummy. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> I don't think strange. you're in any danger. No, no. Uh, Elon Musk. I love how nutty Elon Musk is. He's crazy. Yeah, I love it, though. I mean, you know, the world doesn't have enough people that dream really, really big. big. Yeah. And I love the idea that he's sending a, a, a car to Mars, essentially, that the uh, car driver, there's a driver in the car, mannequin, but uh, listening to David Bowie on a loop, they call him the star man. It's fantastic. <laughs> that mannequin is going to be driven crazy by that song. You know? <laughs> After a while, it's it's like, AC, you know. I'm going to tell you, I'm the world's biggest David Bowie fan. Absolutely. So watch what you say. <laughs> oh, yeah, but not for how long has it been there? A billion years? Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's it's the same song for a billion years? <laughs> I would even drive a mannequin nuts, I yeah. think. And I love that song. It's true. Like, you know. at least an album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what album would you take to space and circle around Mars for a billion years? Ziggy Stardust. Well, it would there be you that go. album, yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Great album. And, and Kate, how do you feel about Elon Musk? Well, Claire. Oh, Kate, Claire. <laughs> Good. I, I told you I'm not feeling well, Our names and I'm all goofed so up on, on uh, I'm all goofed up on uh, uh, cold medication. medication. Yeah. Oh, what cold medication? A lot. Anything that I had in my bedside table, I took. <laughs> the oh, show God. must go on. The show must go on. <laughs> right. Um, I think. I mean, heck, he's not doing like he's just a harmless eccentric billionaire, isn't he? Is he harmless? <laughs> he's hot. Ha- he's hot. Ha- what's the opposite? Are any he's beneficial. That's that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh no. I think that he gives people uh, uh, hope in a lot of ways that, you know, things are odd in the world right now. And yet here is someone. Give it a try. Give it a try and and dream big. He doesn't give up. He does not give up. That's an indication for success. He has a lot of resources Mm -hmm. so he can try a lot of things. I wonder what his charitable giving track record is. Yeah. I'd be curious. I think that could be good. I'm sure it's substantial. Okay. One would hope. Yeah. You know, <laughs> two for space and one for the orphans. <laughs> <laughs> electric cars. Well, electric cars. I mean, That's I like true. the idea of electric cars. Yep. I like the idea of sending someone into space, uh, listening to David Bowie. It's a, <laughs> a mannequin. It's a, that's a good gig, man. I like that. Uh, but for me, uh, Elon Musk uh, represents sort of the best of us and, and, and a spirit that has, you know, in a lot of ways been kind of beaten out of people a little bit. People are safe. and To and, take risks. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. And it's like this idealistic future, you know, what we thought the future would be like. Yeah, like why aren't we all wearing jet boots right now? Yeah, but yeah. we will be because of Elon Musk. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with my guests. We're going to find out all about a movie called Dark Harvest. You can find it on VOD uh, right now. Anywhere that you can stream movies legally and pay for them, you can find Dark Harvest. Thank AC you. Peterson will tell us all about that. Yes. Um, We also have uh, Kate Fenton here. We're going to talk about uh, the revitalization of Regent Park. It's a really fascinating area of Toronto, and this is a musical, and it happens every year. You're working on the new one right now. Yeah, and there's there's a documentary. So we'll get to all that. And then we're going to find out what it's like to be a Klingon. Uh, on a big Star Trek television show. I can't wait to find out about that. Also, we're going to talk about Second City 
that has a special Valentine's Day show running from February 12th uh, to the 18th called Hooking Up Second Base, and we'll talk to Claire McConnell about that. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. In studio, A.C. Peterson is Hi. here to talk about uh, Dark Harvest. You play Bernie in Bernie. this film. It is available on VOD, wherever you stream uh, films legally. Uh, we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, we also have Kate Fenton here. We're going to talk about a couple of things here. We're going to talk about uh, The Journey 2016, A Living History of the Revitalization of Regent Park. It's a musical, but it's also sort of the subject of a film called My Piece of the City, which opens on February 23rd. We'll get to that in just a sec. Um, I want to talk to Claire McConnell. Uh, you've got a couple of things here that, we, that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Second City uh, National Touring Company is sort of your regular gig, I guess. Uh, you will be playing in the Valentine's Day show at Second City in Toronto, running from February 12th to the 18th. It's called Hooking Up, Second Base. The shows are always so fun it's at Second City. It's a blast. City. I love that theater. It only seats about 200 people, something like that. You feel like you're, it's so intimate. You feel uh, like you're sort of part of something special when you're watching a show there. I'm glad you like it there. It's my favorite thing to do. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's all my favorite parts of theater, you know? It's uh, just play and fun and making sure that an audience leaves feeling really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left their troubles behind for a minute. You are also a Klingon on Star Trek Discovery. That's true. Yep. So I can hardly believe it still. Yeah. yeah. So were you a Star Trek fan growing up? Uh, no, I didn't really get into much sci-fi stuff and then, uh, which I think helped me in the audition, to be honest, because I was like, I don't know what this is. Well, you had no preconceived notion probably of what it was meant to be because no. they have changed things up a little bit. Yes, yeah. they, they certainly have. I mean, especially as far as the look of the Klingons, they mm-hmm. look completely different. But overall, the tone is very different than it used to be. Um, but yeah, I just went in being like, well, there's no way this is going to happen. And, <laughs> and then, you know, and then there you are getting a, a face cast done in L.A. Yeah, and, <laughs> and how long does it take to put the makeup on? Because when you see uh, photographs of your character, you see your character on on screen. There's a it, it doesn't look like you. Uh, yeah. I, well, thank you. I appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> I look quite different. Um, and uh, it took about three hours the first time, and then the makeup artist Rocky Faulkner, who who was my main makeup artist, mm-hmm. we slowly whittled that time down because he just started to get a sense of you know what he needed to do. He's right. uh, he's incredible. And, and and you're wearing essentially like a, a mask, essentially, but it's probably put on in pieces. Of, uh, I have had that done once, and I felt so claustrophobic uh, in that situation. I, I hated like every second of it. Philic. I don't know what that like. I'm not in a, uh, <laughs> but like I love I I love those. Uh, I always want to call them self-deprecation chambers. So, uh, uh, what are they called? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> Sometimes that's what they turn into. Yeah, of <laughs> silence. Yeah. What are they? Self- uh, sleep uh, uh, so, sleep uh, deprivation. No, not sleep deprivation. <laughs> yeah, sensory deprivation. Sensory deprivation. Or self-deprecation. Self-deprecation chambers. I, uh, yeah, I like those. So it reminded me a bit of that, of just feeling like in this little like womb of a space. Right. And then it's cool because, you know, when else as an actor <clears throat> do you truly get to embody another character? Like there was nothing of me visible. Yeah. My hands, my eye, I had contacts in. I had yeah. like I was fully covered and in this incredible custom armor. You know, what a what a gift. Like what yeah. a, what play. It was so fun. Did you, did you take any of the pieces home? 
walk around in your armor. <laughs> you I got buy practice milk. teeth. Yeah. So I kept my practice teeth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you had to learn how to speak Klingon. Mm-hmm. And tell me about that. Tell me. I mean, it's it is just I suppose like any other role you have to. If you had to speak French in a show, you would do that too. Yeah. But it it it's a difficult thing because the syntax is completely opposite to English. So what were the challenges involved there? Um. I I was kind of lucky because my mom speaks uh, my mom speaks German, Irish, and French. So I grew up around a lot of different languages, and you know she'd teach me German words and uh, and all this. Um, and and not that Klingon has a lot to do with German except for the like rechs and yeah. rechs. Um, <laughs> but uh, it it really helped just having my my mouth be used to. Just, right. Yeah. Um, and I worked with a dialect coach, Ria Nolan, who. Uh, yeah, she she was just incredible. Just made it a really, um, a, a really great experience. And, and how? What has been the reaction of fans? Star Trek fans are very, uh, very active online. They're 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 very very big into mm-hmm. Star Trek and fans. What's been the reaction? My experience has been fully wonderful, especially with the Klingons. They are so, they'll hate that I say this, but they're so sweet. Uh, <laughs> I, um, they're, no, they're tough. They're, they're, they're warriors. And uh, I've met them at a couple different events. They, they always come out. If I tweet that I'm doing something, they will be there. Wow. And uh, they're just so supportive. And I love when people love something that much. Yeah. Like they're just, yeah. I think overall the reception of the new Klingons has been pretty has been pretty good. So, a friend of mine worked on one of the other Star Trek series that was shot here, and he said his favorite time of day was lunch because you would see all the Klingons and aliens and stuff like outside smoking cigarettes yeah. and like <laughs> eating a sandwich and that kind of thing. Oh no, sandwiches! No, <laughs> um, because the, any oil or fat breaks down the prosthetic. So uh-huh. we had a, a vegan smoothie artist on set for wow. the Klingons. So you'd see all these like you know we do a crazy like battle thing and then everyone goes off and like sips their little vegan <laughs> smoothie. <laughs> it was like formulated not to bloat us because our costumes were so. Oh uh, my goodness! Yeah. It's crazy. I want that. It, they were really, they were fantastic smoothies. And tell me a little bit about hooking up Second Base. It's playing at Second City. Uh, it's the Valentine's Day show, and it's running from February 12th to the 18th. Yeah, it's it's just a really fun take on Valentine's Day. I think I think you'll love it, whether you you love Valentine's Day or you're feeling you know a little a little blue. I think it's the place to be, um, and it's just a bunch of a bunch of best friends <laughs> making jokes for you. <laughs> so, uh, really, um, yeah, we like. To to just explore what it can be for everyone and just what is love you know <laughs> what is love yeah let's <laughs> let's uh let's make fun of it <laughs> and, and kate you teach at second city as well right? i teach a teen acting class yeah yeah and i've taken a bunch of the programs there yeah yeah, Second it's City. It's a fun place. Yeah, it is a fun place. If you don't know about Second City, it's a really uh, interesting place. And the people that come through from the main stage and the touring companies kind of feel like warriors in a yeah. lot of ways. They are <laughs> people who uh, uh, you know put themselves out there in a way that a lot of other theater doesn't give them the chance to. Yeah, I think it's just because we're creating our own content, which mm-hmm. – uh, you know, I, you really start to develop your own voice. I'm, I've only been with the touring company about six months now, and I already feel so much more comfortable as a performer on stage saying things that are true about me. Like, right. I don't feel the need to necessarily mask everything in a character anymore. I can be like, laugh at me. It's fine. I'm fine. That's, that comes from your time in the self-depreciation chamber. Yeah. I think. yeah. 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 
When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Kate, Claire, and AC. Stay with us. Oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. AC Peterson is here. The film is called Dark Harvest. Yeah. Co-stars with Cheech Marin and James Hudson. It is a look at that sort of time before marijuana becomes completely legal. Yeah, very recent history. In that yeah, movie. very recent yeah. history. You can find this movie uh, on any legal streaming service, and uh, you've done a whole lot of festivals here. Best Picture at the Oregon Independent Film Festival. It goes yeah. on and on and on. We'll talk about that in the next segment. I want to talk to um, Kate right now, though. Kate Hello. Fenton is here. Oh, Claire McConnell's here as well. Yes. <laughs> Star Trek Discovery and see her on stage at Second City in Toronto from February 12th to the 18th in a show called Hooking Up Second Base. Uh, Kate, so yes. um, you are the director of The Journey 2016, A Living History of the Revitalization of Regent Park. To put this in context for people, uh, let's talk about Regent Park first and anyone who isn't in Toronto what that is. Sure. It's a neighborhood that in the 60s, uh, the development was designed to sort of isolate, but in a way that in originally was kind of, they call it the Garden City. Mm-hmm. So all of the buildings would kind of open up to each other in these court um, yards yeah. kind of thing. Um, but there were no streets going in and out of Regent Park, and it's a huge acreage of land. Um, and what ultimately happened is it it became very isolated and yep. cut off from the rest of the city and sort of uh, and also the buildings were neglected and yeah for the last ten years or so maybe, well maybe the last fifteen years uh, because lots of great things are happening there but mm-hmm. for a time there it was starting to look a little run down yeah and and the city had to step in and do something and they did they decided yes, to a revitalize huge community this. within mm-hmm. Regent Park several women and a grandmothers worked very hard to get the city to take responsibility. And now the Toronto housing community is a part of it. And then they actually um, found, they went out in search of a developing partner Mm -hmm. and eventually came to Daniels Corporation. And so then Daniels, along with that community of people and the Toronto housing community, created what is now a 20-year project. Yeah, and and they've torn down not all but some of the older buildings and they've replaced them with uh, new condos that are um, sort of mixed use. There are restaurants, there's yeah, a theater and in one of them, and they're low income and it's a combination. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't there's know that. there's yeah. social housing, there's property owned uh, condos and there are rental yeah. uh, buildings as well and they're all integrated and they all have different architects but with a similar kind of design feature and they are supposed to you know look like a community that is integrated yep. so it feels like everybody lives there and there's also this incredible aquatic center and these um the what do you call it athletic field mm-hmm. athletic grounds um and a brand new community center it's a much different place than it was a few years ago and so this is kind of where you come in so the journey 2016 a living history of the revitalization of regent park uh is a show that you directed Uh, i was a musical uh it starred jackie richardson jeremiah sparks alana bridgewater and uh that was filmed and or the creation of the show uh was filmed for a documentary called my piece of the city Yes, a huge component to the show is that there are emerging artists and uh, youth from the community who are very much a part of the 
production. Mm-hmm. And um, and in this new iteration are even more featured because uh, we have another show coming up in November. Mm-hmm. Um, but the documentary, Mose, who is the um, vision behind the documentary, he wanted to spend some time with the kids. So the children who are, I don't know, they range somewhere in like 16 to 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them are incredible artists. Like uh, one of them is an opera singer. And oh. they're really cool musicians and dance um, backgrounds and stuff. And so he wanted to spend some time with them and really focus on sort of what their stories were uh, and what their life was growing up in this neighborhood and then artistically how this production and other um, programs in the community have helped them to develop as artists. And they're very predominant um, in the piece, and you get to see some of their own personal work. And uh, and then the other aspect of it, where I come in, is they um, recorded a lot of the rehearsal process. So um, you kind of see what, what I do to whip them all into shape. <laughs> but, yeah. It was a, it's an interesting, it's a really, it's a project I've been involved with now for five years, maybe. Um, and uh, it's it's unique. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the movie is called My Piece of the City. Uh, it opens on February 23rd in Toronto, and then you will be able to see it on VOD and that sort of thing as it opens, you know, other yeah. places too. Ideally, it gets broadcast somewhere. Absolutely. So you'll be able to you'll be able to find this movie wherever you are, and and it's a really uh, fascinating look, I think, at a community that is very much uh, changing. But it's not uh, for me that you know I always say that. Uh, the the best genre stories, the best science fiction, it's never about the aliens. It's about these big universal kind Mm -hmm. of things. The sports movies are never about the big game. It's about something larger than that. And I think that's what uh, this is as well. It tells a larger story about how a part of town who might that might have been written off at at a certain point uh, has been revitalized. And and if you look at the people that live there. Yeah, who and spend, are the people? Who are the people that live there and the talent that, that can come from that and, and the importance of art in a, I in think a community. That's, it's transfer. Like it is, you see the literal transformation of the space, but Mitchell Cohen, who's behind the um, musical, the, the driving force behind the concept of even what the Daniel Spectrum is supposed to represent, and that's kind of what the... The show is a fundraiser that raises money to support all of the right. um, artistic programs that are housed there, uh, and that's the that's the belief I think driving the the whole all of this is that art is transformative and there's something very valuable about, especially not just anybody but especially kids having some access to the arts which feels <laughs> like something I've got to go out into the world and yeah. communicate all the time because our government sometimes questions. Well, the they do question. I think, I think people important. question the idea of the importance of art, but you know, we're sitting here with, with uh, three Great actors. Artists. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, Kate, do you, or Claire, do you have, um, uh, I feel very flattered. Well, you that know, you're no, no. <laughs> Honestly, it's cold medication. That's what I'm blaming everything on. Claire, uh, do you have uh, a moment, a story that you can look back on at the moment when the arts actually entered your life and, and made it 
made themselves known. I do. I have. I remember seeing a Midsummer Night's Dream at the uh, Neptune Theater in, oh, yeah. in uh, Halifax, yeah, okay. Nova Scotia. John Neville was the director, and they lowered Puck in from the ceiling. Well. And uh, you know, he did the uh, "If We Spirits Have Offended" speech, and it blew my twelve-year-old mind. It was the first big theater I'd ever seen, and it changed everything that came yeah. afterwards. Do you have a moment like that? You know. I ha- I I thought of one, and then I thought I was like, no, you gotta. Ha- it's gotta be more meaningful. Than that. It doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> have to be more one. meaningful. But really, Mr. Bean. Yeah. Really. I think is uh, the first moment where I was like, that I want yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I saw a production of Friends, Kafka's Metamorphosis, and I felt you know <laughs> changed and everything. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I just was entranced by by the goofballs. And AC? I'd say, well, it was an outing. Um, We went to see Harvey at the Colonnade Theater here in Toronto. And and it was a community theater production, but it was very good. It was very real. And and plus the guy's talking to like an invisible rabbit. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a real magic to that. Mm -hmm. So so that kind of clinched. I was always drawn to it. I was, for some strange reason, drawn to doing this thing in front of people. For your life. Behave, you know, behaving like a human being in front of human beings, <laughs> you know, in literature, something about it. And uh, then the, it's just a local band looking in the basement windows. That's big, I'm in rock bands, too, yeah. so that was another one. Yeah, for me, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think you can underestimate the... Uh, the power that unleashing your imagination in that way. Yeah. Uh, the the power of that. It's like Elon Musk. I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Love Take that. You know that there's no rules, man. There's no rules for that. And and doing what you guys do, it it feels kind of the same thing. It's exciting. You're making something mm-hmm. and inspiring people. We'll continue on with this conversation uh, after the break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Dark Harvest with A.C. Peterson. Uh, but be sure to go see My Piece of the City. It opens on February 23rd. At TIFF. At TIFF, at the TIFF Bell Lightbox. I will um, let you know more details about that in uh, in uh, coming shows. I'll remind you to go see this film. Don't uh, forget. Don't forget. <laughs> uh, we'll talk uh, with Claire McConnell, A.C. Peterson, and Kate Fenton when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. Uh, a little bit later on, if there's time, I want to talk about cell phone addiction. Hmm. Is it a growing problem? Sure. Uh, I don't think that anyone here, other than A.C., I'm going to call you out, has checked their phone since we've been here so that's uh maybe maybe we're not addicted i don't know we'll get to that in a little while it's addictive (laughs) uh claire mcconnell is here you can see her on stage uh at a special valentine's day show at second city in toronto from february 12th to the 18th it's called hooking up second base and this weekend star trek discovery has its final show of the first season and uh i don't know if you're in the final show but you're a klingon i am indeed you're a klingon on that (laughs) show that's uh, John Colicos years ago when I was a bartender John Colicos came into a bar that I was uh, uh, working at and he was one of the Klingons on the original Star Trek series and he came in and he sat at the bar and then as it just so happens, the guy sitting next to him was finished his drink, and he put his drink down. And he goes, "I'm not drinking with Klingons," and he got up and walked out. <laughs> so I thought it was very amazing. funny. Yeah, good timing on that one. Uh, Kate Fenton is here. Kate Fenton, uh, you do a lot of things. I mean, I do. I'm yeah. also an actor. I should say that I'm about to launch a web series, so go oh, to Keeping huh? It Together on Facebook or Kit the Series on Instagram. Great. I'll feel g- bad if I don't say no, that before I leave. Plug it. Plug it. And when when does it? Uh, it's like a process right okay. now. I'm just launching it for the International Production Fund. Okay. So I'm trying to get my 
money. Yeah, and listen, that's what we all spend all our time <laughs> doing, trying to get money to make these things. But we'll have you back. You'll talk about it when it sure. uh, when we when we uh, when you get there. Uh, but you directed a show called The Journey 2016: A Living History of the Revitalization of Regent Park, which is kind of part and parcel and part of a movie called uh, My Piece of the City, a mm-hmm. documentary that opens at the Tiff Bell Lightbox on February 23rd. And uh, AC mm-hmm. Peterson is here. Hi. You're in a film called Dark Harvest. Yes. Tell me the premise of Dark Harvest. Well, it's a mur- it's a marijuana murder uh, mystery. Um, it's uh, before the, uh, the prohibition was lifted, so uh, murders are going around, um, going on in these uh, vast grow ops. It's big business, and um, it's a mystery. It's a wild ride. It almost verges on a horror film. It's got the feel almost of like a early 70s drive-in movies. There was a rawness and intensity that we set out to to do with this movie right from the outset. This process happened five years ago when I, yeah. A friend of mine, a fellow studied with me because I, I studied with Stella Adler, who's Marlon Brando's teacher and that yeah, whole yeah. background. So I, I was dragged sort of kicking and screaming to teaching in the 90s and... Um, <laughs> I found I found I was good at it, and this fellow said, you know, uh, we're going to make a movie together. And then uh, a couple of decades later, he phones <laughs> me up and says, uh, uh, come to Vancouver. Uh, let's work on this script. Let's spend a month. And we'd, uh, Initially, we wanted to do it with a very small, bare-bones crew, and we, he and I went out to uh, Hastings in Maine in Vancouver, which is uh, sort of where the denizens, the disenfranchised, the drug addicts, and uh, we, we pretended to be cops, and we... I had people sit in the car and sort of talk with him. And at the end, we we're, go- we're going, no, no, we're, just, we're not cops. We're just actors. We're doing this thing. They're, no, no. And we drive this person to this place and go, there's that bad guy, the bad drug dealer. Get him. Go get him. He's bad. <laughs> so it was a very interesting journey. And then um, I left. And a year later, he said, uh, okay, I've got money to do the film. And we started, we started shooting it. And uh, on a very low budget, and uh, that's that's. Uh, and so Cheech came in too a little later. It was amazing. So when you started on this, though, yeah, the idea that marijuana was going to become legalized was a pipe dream. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. It right? wasn't going to happen. So this film kind of exposes the problems of that kind of prohibition and the uh, the ha- atmosphere it creates and the people that that end up being incarcerated for something that you know. As we say nowadays, grows grows you know out of the goddess's green earth, you know, you know, you know, it's a goddess's gift, you know. I say. And uh, where can people see this? This can be seen a video on demand on Voodoo, iTunes, Google, Amazon.com. Also, what else do we have played? Oh, anywhere you can stream movies. Yeah, literally. it's a multiple and, platforms. And you've done a, a, a festival run, and yes. you've, you've played at loads of festivals. Yeah. Uh, won uh, Best Supporting Actor for Cheech Marin. Yeah. Winner Best Narrative Feature at the New York City Cannabis Film Festival. Yeah, I, I that won- sounds like fun. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I won the Best Actor at the Cannabis Film yes. Festival, which I think is in Colorado. Right. right. Which is, that's quite an honor, isn't yes. it? I mean, that's, this is the first state <laughs> yeah. where marijuana is legalized. They're making yeah. millions of dollars of tax money, really helping that state out. Um, and uh, yeah, I won the best actor there. And I think the cannabis means it's a bus that goes around selling weed. I'm not <laughs> so so I, I love the idea, though, that you know you can do a you can make a film like this, get it done. Yep. Uh, do a, a, a festival run, play yep. it all sorts of things, and then it lives on on VOD. I mean, oh. smaller movies now 
uh, that's the way to do it. I think yep. it's the smart way to do it. You will reach an audience that that you would never reach in the theater. I, I know everyone wants to see their films on the big screen, but I think VOD is the way to go. Oh, yeah. We did some screenings in Vancouver. We may do some here as yeah. well. We'll see if there's interest because this has the potential of a, becoming like a cult film, you right. know, having a party around it. You know? so. and, and you play Bernie? I play Bernie the Bear, yeah. Like Are a, you a bad man? Ah, he's not a, is it ever a bad man. If somebody has been damaged, I figure he's a guy who grew up in a Romanian orphanage or something. Right. Neglect. And, uh, <laughs> he lacks certain of the finer feelings, but yeah, he's a, he's a psychopathic, sociopathic. Uh, he's on and any drug imaginable. He drinks and smokes weed, and he's this uh, very interesting uh, character for a cop. For a renegade cop. For a renegade cop, yeah. yeah. But as an actor, you can't judge your character. So when I say, is he a bad man, that's why you were sort of, nah, well, not. Yeah, exactly. You have to find a way to relate to him or find a reason why. Yeah. Why is he doing these crazy things, you know? For and, me, anyway. And, and is there a message to this, or is it really just, like, a whole lot of fun? It is fun. It is danger. It is thrilling. But it's, it is also a document of the tail end of marijuana prohibition. Right. So that, in terms of being a bad man or an evil thing, I'd say that prohibition is, comes out as being really... The villain is the prohibition, you know, for something that a lot of people want to do. So, yeah. You're, uh, you're a nice man. <laughs> You play psychopaths often. I do. You play I, bad people often. I do. I play good guys too. But it, yeah. well, uh, like on Touched by an Angel. You right. were on Touched by an Angel. No, I wasn't. I, I think that's a mis- Sorry, oh, that's really? a, Yeah, yeah. I it, wasn't on that, that I can recall. It's on your website. In 1998, he appeared as a doctor <laughs> on the family drama Touched by an Angel. I don't know. A notably different part from his typical murderer doorman roles. I should have. I should have taken that <laughs> off because uh, it does. Yeah, that's odd. Just well, you know, I like it. to say um, I've been in every. Thing since the 80s. Yeah, that's right. And right now I'm in Molly's Game, which is in theaters across the universe. Yeah, Molly's absolutely. Game. Yeah, I'm also uh, 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 have a recurring guest star thing on uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, Not great. Twilight Zone, excuse me. X Files. X Files. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So those are two things that are I'm in right now. Tell me about working with Stella Adler. Oh. Uh, I mean, this is this is the one of the few American acting teachers who actually studied with Stanislavski yeah. and took a very different route from Lee. Uh, Lee Strasberg was very much about using your own memories. Uh, Stella went to studied with Stanislavski. He was living in France at the time, and he had. Uh, Changed his tack. He said, it's probably better to use the imagination. Mm-hmm. And Stella Adler is, of course, Marlon Brando's teacher, mm-hmm. De Niro, Meryl Streep. Anybody worth their salt, if they went to New York, they would study with uh, with Stella Adler. So she would come out of the, She's old. She was about 80 when I yeah. studied with her. She would be in her cane, come out of her other room. And she'd come into the class and just become this blazing powerhouse, this blazing sun. She'd just turn it on. So there's stuff you get from a person like that that you just absorb into your bone marrow and it alters your life. And uh, I also studied with Kim Stanley, who was considered the foremost protege. It's female Brando. She mostly did stage and considered uh, the greatest actress of her time. So she she came from the, the Lee angle of things, Lee Strasberg. And uh, so I had both that incredible opportunity in New York to study with these two very culturally important 
people. I, I went, a friend of mine said, oh, come see Kim Stanley. I said, who's he? Is it she? I mean, he's the greatest actor. <laughs> so I saw two few, I saw The Goddess, and I saw Sands on a wet afternoon, and halfway through both those movies, I smoked in those days, and I go out, and I'd have to have a cigarette. I'd drop my popcorn and go, because this woman was blowing me away. Wow. Wow. Just doing something that you had never, never seen before, like something you might have seen if, you, if you've ever seen any James Dean movies. He did that thing that you go, my God, who is this? What is this being? This is... And uh, two weeks later, a friend of mine, Dina Marie, studied with Kim Stanley. And I went, holy smoke. So this was a period of time when I was studying with these two shining lights of, of, uh, of theater and of acting and of, uh, had an impact on acting worldwide, you know. So I teach that here. I, was, I still do that. I mean, I'm, I'm a working actor, and I, I run a studio every Saturday here in, the, here in Toronto. And people come, uh, a lot of professionals, a lot of beginners. There's no, uh, and we just do what they do, what you would imagine, an actor's studio or HP, where you get up and you, you try to uh, basically behave like a human being. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of, it's like a not acting class, you know. Right. And um, I, I swear, I think some of the best acting in the world is going on in this little studio. I am continuously blown away in tears, just jaw-dropping stuff goes on. When people get up there and try to be authentic and, and deal with great literature and interpret it, and uh, I actually give them scenes, and they look at it for half an hour, and I take the scenes away, and they improvise. Right. And the things that happen are... It's incredible. It's a, I love doing it. How can people find out about your studio? Are you still, uh, are you taking on students? Any anybody can come. It's a drop in situation. Right. Should I say where it is? Sure, it's if at, you like to. It's yeah. at six seventeen six one seven A Bloor Street West in a little upstairs studio six one seven Bloor West, right near Palmerston. Every yeah. Saturday from one to five, uh, you can uh, connect with me. I guess on Facebook, Alan C. Peterson. Alan C. Peterson is the name and. Uh, all are welcome. It's twenty bucks. It's a labor of love. It's um, and it's a wonderful experience. We got drinks after and debrief, and uh, it's a kind of a cultural thing that I missed uh, after living in New York and having a very rich experience. So that's what we're trying to do here. The scripts are coming out of it. Directors are coming. Uh, we're working on some plays out of the studio. So it's becoming a what's it called? One stop shop. But yeah. you know, uh, so that's. Uh, yeah, the movie is called Dark Harvest. Dark Harvest it's yeah. on VOD right now. Yeah. AC Peterson, Cheech Marin, James Hudson, James Hudson. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's all the time we have. Wow. Right. Uh, Claire McConnell, Second City, from Feb twentieth to the eighteenth, hooking up second base. Uh, that's a great Valentine's Day right there. It's probably <laughs> sold out on Valentine's Day, I would guess. Maybe but give you, it you, a shot. No, give it a shot. And Kate Fenton is here. Go see My Piece of the City on February 23rd. Uh, thank you all thank for you. being here. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening, and thanks to Andre on the board.